Welcome to Betrayal Trauma Recovery, BTR.org. I'm Anne. I'm sure you remember what it was like when you were searching for help, maybe for your husband, hoping to find the right program or therapist. That's why I started podcasting. I supported my husband through seven years of pornography addiction recovery, and not one therapist during that time told me I was experiencing emotional and psychological abuse and sexual coercion. I didn't want any other woman on the planet to be in the dark. If you're like the majority of my listeners, you're experiencing the type of abuse that's invisible and difficult to wrap your head around. Your husband is using porn or having affairs or lying to you, and you're getting the same bad advice about how to improve communication or your relationship. If you need support from women who totally understand, check out our daily group session schedule at btr.org group. We'd love to see you in a session today. One simple anonymous way to help spread the word is to click, follow, or subscribe to the Betrayal Trauma Recovery Podcast on your favorite podcasting app. While you're there, every five-star rating helps make this podcast more visible and will help save other women from getting the wrong kind of help, like a couple program that will make this type of abuse worse. For those of you who follow or subscribe to this podcast, thank you so much. Your support means so much to me. The overwhelming emotions, the sleep difficulties, brain fog, eating problems, anxiety, depression, obsessive thoughts, obsessive checking. I want to talk about nightmares for a minute. My ex was supposedly in recovery, but I was still having nightmares. In the dreams, I was a single mom and I knew I needed a husband. So I was like, there was that one guy. I remember him. He was kind of nice. Where is he now? Why isn't he here? And then I would try and find him. And then I would find him and he would be like kind of mean to me and brush me off. That was the nightmare. I had it all the time. It was different forms of that. And I remember I would put my hand over on him and touch him and be like, oh, good. It was just a dream. Whew. Like every night. And then I would tell him about it. And I would say, I'm having these nightmares. I don't know what's wrong with me. Everything seems to be fine with us. And I remember one night when I was lying in bed right next to him. And I said, I've been having these nightmares. I really feel like something bad's going to happen. And I didn't pause to let him speak. After saying that, I kind of went, yeah, but it's just crazy. It must just be me. I'm still mentally messed up. You know, I just kind of justified it and went around it. Well, he never said anything about it. But now that I look back, he not only didn't say anything and I talked myself out of it, but he also didn't try and comfort me. I, there was a woman in my group. She said, I'm having nightmares almost every night, but I wake up and I look at him and everything's fine. And I said, when you tell him about your nightmares, how far away is he? I gave her an example. I said, is he standing more than four feet away from you, looking at you, but kind of not really responding and saying things like, oh, and that's about it. She started crying. She said, that's exactly what's happening. I said, I'm not sure what's going on, but an empathetic, caring, connected person would not be four or five feet away from you in that situation. They would be giving you a hug. They'd be saying, oh my, I'm so sorry that you're having these nightmares. They would try to reassure you, right? I love you. I care about you. Is there anything I can do? Something, some kind of connecting, interacting thing. But this standing like four or five feet away with this blank stare on your face like a deer in the headlights. And more and more as I hear these stories of women who have these nightmares and then, you know, months later they find out that something really was going on, even though in their waking hours, it seemed like everything was fine. Not to say that everyone who has a nightmare her husband is acting out. I'm not saying that. I wonder if there's 
more to it. I don't know, because the really interesting thing is now that I'm disconnected from him, I rarely have those nightmares anymore. Rarely. Because thinking that my husband was in recovery when he was not, he was lying to me and manipulating me and having those dreams. Now I see an indicator of a warning to me, which I just kind of dismissed. I have a friend whose husband has labeled her borderline and kept taking her in to get help. Her husband had been lying to her and gaslighting her and he had a double life sexual addiction going on. And this was a way for him to avoid anyone looking at him and keep her sort of crazy. But the problem is, is there's no way to actually recover if you're still being abused like this. So he's still in the abusive situation. And that's why it's so important to have the right help. Yes, this friend of mine, she has now separated herself from her abusive spouse and her borderline symptoms are, they're gone. So it's like now she's having trauma symptoms. But I think that's so interesting that when you work on the being safe from the trauma first, then you could maybe see the other things that were going on more clearly. I have an unnamed autoimmune disorder. It's not lupus. It's not arthritis. I've been trying to get a diagnosis for a long time. I get super, super sleepy and all of my joints hurt really bad. So it has a lot of the same characteristics of these autoimmune diseases. So the doctors are like, yep, you have one. It's just we don't know. <laughs> we don't know what it is. It's unnamed. And we should call it the betrayal trauma autoimmune disorder. So women who are experiencing these symptoms, what can they do? I have spent so much time and money going to therapists to train them. I am paying them to sit there in their office and train them about betrayal trauma rather than from the first second to have them actually help me to actually have them say, okay, this is what we need to do now. I see where you're at. Let me help you navigate this. There was one therapist, it was like three months after my husband's arrest, who I had to talk her into telling her that my husband was abusive. It was crazy. And I thought, I'm not, wait a minute, what am I doing? I'm not going to her anymore, you know? And I think she was confused because I didn't want to divorce. So she was kind of like, wait a minute, you're saying your husband's abusive, but you don't want to get a divorce? Like, I don't know how to help you, right? What am I supposed to do? And I'm like, I need help. But he, yes, he is abusive. And yes, I don't want to get a divorce. Like, can we just sit here in this for a minute? Like, can you accept me where I am? So I have found in my recovery uh, that is in process right now that a supportive community has made all of the difference. If this podcast is helpful to you, please help us reach other women by following or subscribing and giving us a five-star rating. Thank you for helping other women find us. If you've already purchased a copy of my book, Trauma Mama, Husband Drama, please circle back and give it a five-star rating. A lot of women are searching for books about betrayal trauma on Amazon, and rating Trauma Mama will help them find this podcast, which is free to everyone. Your donations keep this podcast going. Go to our website, btr.org, scroll to the bottom, click on Support the BTR Podcast. And until next week, stay safe out there.